0: Hello, and welcome to Political Traction. As Canadians begin to realize the extent of Chinese Communist Party interference in our affairs, the federal government has banned the popular video-sharing app TikTok from government devices, citing security concerns related to the app's Chinese ownership. The move was quickly echoed by provinces and municipalities across the country. I'm Adam Owen, joined today by Christopher Nardi, parliamentary reporter for the National Post. Chris has been following the TikTok ban and its framing in the larger issue of Chinese interference. This is Political Traction. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. So what can you tell us about what the government has decided around TikTok?
1: Well, essentially, they don't want it anywhere near any government device at any point. Um, so they announced on February twenty-seventh this decision uh, that it honestly don't think surprised anyone um, that they would be banning the app on government-owned and operated devices as of February twenty-eighth, so the next day. Um, and the reason was that they they saw it as a national security. Let's say problem um, they hadn't detected any theft or any uh, like it didn't sound like they had a tangible example of a time when the APP had created like an actual. Uh, national security leak, but they said government uh, devices mobile devices obviously are connected to mobile networks and cyber threat is, you know cyber crime is a growing threat all the time they want it nowhere near there. Then a few days later, the House of Commons, which is not quite, uh, let's say, regulated in the same way, uh, made the same announcement. They didn't want any MPs, any staffers using the Chinese-owned social media app, that is TikTok, on any of their devices, and thus basically ended uh, you know, the, 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 the presence of TikTok on any government device.
0: You said that they didn't point to any specific evidence of information gathering or, or espionage. I suppose that we wouldn't know, like they wouldn't announce that if they even if they had that evidence, though, to to avoid some larger diplomatic row.
1: They, it's hard to tell. So the fact that they went, I'd say, in the government statement, took the, like, made sure to mention that they hadn't detected. um, I think is relatively indicative of the fact that as of now they haven't found any. That is a good point. Had they found some they probably just wouldn't have said anything at all uh, and tried to kind of keep that quiet. But what they did say in the statement that was put out by uh, the Treasury Board Secretary of Canada, so basically the, the kind of department that runs government in a way, was that they viewed TikTok as an unacceptable level of risk to privacy and security. And that is obviously because we've talked a lot about TikTok's data collection methods, right? The app in many ways demands very high number of permissions on your cell phone. So it asks for access to, for example, your calendar, your your camera, obviously your microphone, but just a whole, very like kind of spreads out its tentacles very elaborately, very deeply into one's mobile device. And by doing so, obviously harvest a lot of data. Now, one might say, what's the difference between that and Facebook or Twitter or Google, which do relatively similar things. But the issue here is that fact that TikTok is owned by a Chinese headquartered company called ByteDance. In China, in recent years, put in play and the, the Chinese Communist Party put in place these very extensive laws that allow the government to basically put pressure on any Chinese company or company in China to provide it any data it wants under the guise of national security right and you know knowing how the CCP the Chinese Communist Party operates and how the you know Chinese government operates, uh, that could be for any reason insofar as it advances the interests of the party. So uh, to go back to your original question, no, we've not heard of any specific data that was stolen or lost, but we do know China remains one of Canada's biggest threats, cyber threats, um, and TikTok was basically a potential backdoor for China into government devices.
0: But the ban doesn't stop members of parliament or bureaucrats from having TikTok on their personal devices, does it? It does not.
1: Um, it would stop it actually it doesn't even stop them if they have, let's say, a work app, let's say, uh connected to their phone. Um technically there's no regulation basically on what any Canadian can have on their uh, personal device, and that is TikTok included, um, which would obviously allow for certain leaders, You know, as we know some some parliamentary, sorry, some federal leaders uh, are very, very popular on TikTok. Right, so yeah. it would allow them to have the app. Um, but at the same time, I think part of the, the wager that the feds are making here is that if the feds come out and say like, listen, we think this app is so dangerous, we don't want it anywhere near our tech, that'll, you know, a lot of Canadians, particularly, obviously, MPs and staffers who have personal phones will look at it and say, like, well, darn, man, do I really want this on my private device? Like, if the government's banning it on hundreds of thousands of mobile devices, maybe just maybe I should be a little more concerned and, you know, practice better digital hygiene. You know, I, for one, I can admit I was a TikTok consumer, an avid one until about the summer. And eventually these data, you know, concerns got to me and I removed the app and regained 15 hours of my life every week. (laughs) But, but I think a lot of, uh, a lot of staffers, for example, have spoken to me and said like app is gone. I don't know what to do with all this free time, but app is gone even on their personal devices.
0: Right. Yeah. And it like, I guess, I guess that makes sense. Like there's a, there's a, there's a security benefit to not having it on your personal phone. Like even if your government device has all your emails on it and the app can't, you know, backdoor those. If it's on my personal device and I'm taking it with me into committee meetings or in-camera sessions or stuff, TikTok still has access to the microphone. Uh, so there, there, there's a benefit there. But I think, as you kind of alluded to this, there's also an optical benefit too, right? The the CPC, um, yeah, the Conservative Party has instructed its members to remove the app from their personal devices, and I think that that's. Related to the optics of of TikTok, that that they are more uh, well, right now they're pressing the uh, the liberal government on China on a number of on a number of fronts and and yep. maybe it just doesn't seem kosher for them to be campaigning on on TikTok while they're doing that.
1: yeah. And you know it, it's interesting because there's a very fine line. you know TikTok, despite all the concerns, remains one of the fastest growing social media apps in the world. Right now last year it was the it, it attracted the most eyeballs on the internet in the north american market you know in the, in the u.s market and that uh, that growth has um you know stalled somewhat because of all these concerns and the fact that the u.s banned it from government devices late last year the eu did it recently at the eu commission um so that's obviously stalling its growth for a number of reasons but um it is tremendously popular with a large segment of the youth population, you know, a population up to the 35s who buy things, who have some money, who are voters. Um, And that is something that I think political parties and and across the world, but in Canada in particular, especially the NDP here at the federal level, are looking at and saying like, man, can we afford to completely abandon this incredible like viewership, this audience, right? Um, And that's an interesting segment, like the federal government banned TikTok from their devices, but as far as I know, they have not banned spending on advertising dollars for the government on TikTok. And you know uh, the, the government's annual um, advertising sales report showed that last year was a record year. They, they spent over $2 million on TikTok, which was up from $300,000 from the year before, which was up from $0. So like, even there, there's an exponential growth just from the federal government itself on ad sales on TikTok. There's a value to that audience. And I actually don't suspect that they're going to stop that advertising quite right away. Um, so you kind of have two worlds, right? This huge concern about the, secu- the data and security of the app for its users, but also the, oh my gosh, hundreds of millions of people and eyeballs log on to this and we still need to reach these people.
0: Yeah, so like that, that that's a good point. I wonder, so we, we've said, we've established the government has not uh, established any uh, evidence, any specific evidence. They've gone so far as just like, to say that we don't have any evidence of this, but we think that it's a risk. Is that going to be tenable if usage continues to grow? So I guess the first question is, and you maybe alluded to this earlier, like what, would a government ban stop, you know, just Gen Z users from using TikTok? And I, I would be kind of dubious about that. I like, do they do they really care? Like, do are they, are they following this story? I'm not sure. That's a,
1: that's a good question. Um... Uh, and we'll see what user uh, numbers happen in Canada, North America in the few months and this year. Right. But what's interesting, too, about this. So, you, know, you, you I'll go back to what you said about, you know, specific threats. You right, that what the government said was that they had no specific evidence as of now of government data being backdoored out of the app into China. Um, but they, they did conduct a series of reviews, one was done, I believe, by CSIS that are uh, our, our, basically our spy, Canada's spy agency, um, and another one was done by the um, federal government's chief information officer, and those are two reports we've not seen, but what this, the government says is contained in those reports is enough concern to justify the, and to be clear, this is an exceptional move that the government, like I've, I've heard a very rare, this is the first one I know of, in fact, in six years on the Hill, of a very specific application being banned from a government device for national security risks. Um, and such a big one at that. So there's, I think we're probably, the government's probably at the point where it's beyond the idea of like, um, you know, it doesn't need to, <laughs> if there's a data leak, it's because it waited too long. Right, the threat is for the government very obvious. It's imminent, and it's more a question of prevention rather than trying to fix a leak after it happens. Um, but at the same time, it's very easy to argue that we're also just kind of on the coattails of the United States, who's been, you know, increasingly critical and vocal about its concerns about TikTok and did this exact thing many months ago.
0: Well, that that's a that's a good uh, a, a good segue. That the ban comes after the US and and the EU as well. Uh, and it follows the same arc as what we saw with Huawei, where we were last to the uh, to the make the decision to uh, keep that technology out of our out of our networks. Is there this is a loaded question? Is there a reason we're consistently last to, to move among our allies?
1: <laughs> I've asked that question uh, a lot. And especially the national security experts will kind of laugh at it too. Um, And because it feels like there's a lot of, how to say, it's, it's, it's a delicate dance. And Canada has not, has been actually quite severely criticized for this impression that basically we just let the, the unknown linger for so long that the problem just goes away on its own. And you mentioned Huawei. I think that's an excellent example, right? Huawei was banned in a multitude of our Five Eyes partners. So that's an information sharing network of five countries. Us, the US, the UK, Australia, and New Zealand. Um, a series of those partners had banned Huawei infrastructure and in their 5G networks well before Canada did. And all Canada did was for years, you know, the liberal government particularly, just said, well, we're, we're reviewing it. We'll get back to you. We'll let you know. We'll let you for years. But what happened in the meantime? Well, the, big, the major telcos here in Canada said, well, we're not going to risk putting equipment into our 5G networks that we'll then possibly have to rip out. So let's right. just not go with Huawei. So in a weird way, we kind of de facto banned Huawei by keeping this mystery about banning Huawei for so long. The government had this like, this basically never had to suffer the repercussions the diplomatic presumably repercussions of banning Huawei all the while effectively doing so is it good strategy is it clear strategy does it send a clear message to China that we won't accept foreign interference or such you know technological uh, espionage no it really does not it's not a message there's no message um so that is definitely the same kind of critique that's being thrown at the liberals right now about TikTok like, great, we're happy you did it. And I've, I've quoted an abundance of experts saying like, happy you did it, should have done it a while ago.
0: Basically. Right. Yeah. How does this ban sit? And we've alluded to this a couple of times already in the conversation, but how does this sit in the context of the larger Chinese election interference story, which is playing out right now?
1: Well, I think it fits in very importantly, in the sense that you know our security agencies in Canada have been warning repeatedly about the threat that China, Russia, specifically North Korea and Iran too, to a certain degree, um, that the cyber security threat that they pose to us and the fact that they have very um, specific and clear interests in doing a host of things, whether it's taking our data, um, affecting our critical industries, or just disrupting government at large. And so when Kind of assessing the threat of foreign interference, you have to look at what the tools that these um, foreign states can use. And obviously, the government has determined that TikTok, with the kind of backdoor vulnerability that I mentioned earlier, um, is a potential tool for the Chinese government to use to exploit our data uh, to gain backdoor entrance into devices that are uh sensitive or have access to sensitive information or simply to disrupt data like there's also this this world that you know you can consider there's a world in which you can consider that china feeds um uh, let's say certain types of content into the algorithm to promote um you know conspiracy theories in canada right now we don't have necessarily evidence of it but it exists like that world exists in which that happens so uh, again, and I, you know, I don't want people to think that uh, American-owned, you know, social media platforms aren't necessarily better in those specific regards. But I think part of the calculation is well, we much rather the data be scraped by a, com- a company owned by an ally, in the U.S. Right? Or, or sorry, headquartered in the ally, not owned, but headquartered in an allied country, rather than a, a known hostile state when it comes to cybersecurity. Right. So uh, I think that's you know, that's that's kind of a Long convoluted answer to the question. Really, is, is you know, it, it is very important in this talk about foreign interference uh, that the government wants to try to cut off any tool or any means that China has to be disruptive in Canada.
0: The the most cynical take that I heard that that I also believe is that this is that this was pretty low hanging fruit for the PMO to show that that they they take the issue of chinese interference seriously i guess this is something that we should have done uh uh months ago um maybe we were just keeping it in our back pocket for uh, for you know for a rainy day when we need to show some uh, credibility on the china issue and uh, look well, well, hey we banned tiktok what what more do you want <laughs> i
1: I, <laughs> I i i ascribe to the uh I definitely see uh, the possibility of that being true, absolutely. Um, I'm kind of torn between, uh, you know, absolutely believing, you know, for a a prime minister's office that, as we know, is extremely comms oriented and and very sensitive to these things, it makes sense that they would try to kind of line this up. Uh, Unfortunately, I also understand the workings of government a little too well now to know (laughs) that this kind of decision would have been months and was, in fact, months in the making. Now, did it have to be announced? specifically now, as opposed to in three months, uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, it just right. so happens, though, that it suddenly looks like the government is acting on the threat of China at a time when the government's being criticized of not acting on the threat right. of China. Definitely interesting timing.
0: I, I think, so what, one more question that I had, and, and this, this was raised by one of my colleagues, is, you know, if we're banning TikTok, why are we not banning WeChat? Because the the same this this it, it seems like it's the same situation with a a, a tech company it's owned by uh, a, a, a a Chinese firm that would be subject to the same Chinese uh, legislation around share, sharing with their government. Um, is it just because one is more broadly used by uh, the general population and one is pretty much only used by the Chinese community?
1: Actually, so you know that was an, it's an excellent question. It's a question that I've kind of wrestled with recently and and um, just before coming on this podcast, I decided to actually put the question to government officials that I know who are on this file. Um, and the answer that I got uh, intrigued me because I actually not sure. so maybe this is a world scoop that i'm I'm giving you or not, but they did tell me that there is currently actually a broader review of the government's currently like a broader review of all social media applications that are being used on government work phones. and um, this is clearly in response to the perceived threat of TikTok. Um, but I think WeChat is an important part of that discussion. Um, WeChat is obviously the premier communications app for the Chinese community in China and abroad. Um, and I don't think I've seen as much reporting. Necessarily about the app being as much of a, a a data scraper and harvester like TikTok is notoriously doing, so that might be part of the equation. I think another part of the equation is, is that um, it it's almost like too essential to remove. You know, TikTok is is a social media like it's it's kind of like you see it as a fun app where you watch fun videos, right. but WeChat is more akin <clears throat> to a WhatsApp for. Chinese people, right? Like a, a critical communication tool that yes has like a Facebook-like feature, a, a Meta-like feature to it, but is also really just in, is, is important to be able to communicate with the Chinese community, particularly at a time like now where we hear about these 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 alleged you know, networks of of Chinese influence, uh, an occult influence that uses. Apps like WeChat. So the best way to counter disinformation is to counter it where it's happening. WeChat is in part where it's happening. So it, it there. It, I think that what we're seeing here is a much more delicate situation. TikTok was kind of an easy, low-hanging fruit, as you mentioned, because it's it's a social video app that's competing with you know, American counterparts in doing something, you know, sharing videos like YouTube or whatnot. WeChat is a messaging. You know, crucial kind of communicate and overwhelmingly popular, but uh, app that is pretty much the only one that does what it does for the Chinese community. And cutting that obviously would cut government communications and otherwise from a large part of the Chinese community. They can't afford to have that necessarily either. So I think that's maybe. Of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying WeChat won't get banned. I am actually curious to see what this ongoing review will conclude. There,
0: there, there's there's more political implications for any party to ask yeah. for it to be banned.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Well, it was a great pleasure. Thanks for having me, Adam.
0: Political Traction is powered by Navigator, Canada's leading high-stakes public affairs firm. Our show was edited by Holden Wine and produced by Thomas Ashcroft, Matthew Barnes, Jeff Coston, Jenny McIlwain, and Jahan Mohammed. I'm Adam Owen. We'll see you next time.